If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Shabbos to all of you. Great to be here with you again. Spend some time talking about the Parsha, talking about life, talking about all the things that are truly important to each and every one of us. Life is precious, life is important, our own lives and the lives of others. And this is why, be extraordinary careful in terms of how you behave during this difficult time. This past week, the rabbis were given an update by Dr. Richard Friedland about the current situation in Gauteng. And it was frightening to hear how quickly the epidemic is growing here in our own territory. It's a time of great, great concern. I appeal to each and every one of you, unless you absolutely have to leave your home, stay at home. It's safer. Stay at home and ensure that if you have to go out, you observe the laws of social distancing, masks, etc., etc., to the nth degree. One of the most important commandments in the Torah is protection of life. In actual fact, when life is threatened, all of the mitzvot fall away in order to protect life. This is a time that we have to be very, very sensitive and serious about this particular commandment, our own lives and the lives of others. And while we're talking about that, let me share this important bit of information with you. Jewish families in emotional and financial distress are turning to the Chev for help, as they always do. Your help makes your help makes all the difference. Please donate to the Chev's Emergency Relief Fund on www.joberchev, that's J-H-B-C-H-E-V dot C-O dot Z-A, that's J-H-B-C-H-E-V dot C-O dot Z-A. The Parsha this week, of course, is a double Parsha, Chukat and the Balak, two interesting Parshiot, because they both talk about things that don't fall into the normal scheme of things. And while, of course, we're in a condition, all of us, that we uh, think we live in abnormal time, when we take a look at the Parsha, Chukat, of course, talks to us about the story of the red heifer, the red heifer that was used, the ash of which was used to purify people who became spiritually impure. And we often talked about the concept of Tuma, spiritual impurity, spiritual insensitivity. And this is why, in order to become pure again, they had to be sprinkled with this mixture of the ash of the red heifer. And the person who prepared the ash of the red heifer, he himself became impure. It's something which created a negativity in the one who prepared something that was used to help someone else become pure. It's something which boggles the mind. And in actual fact, the Torah tells us that this is that particular law in Torah that we simply don't understand. In fact, King Solomon, the wisest of all men, said that I delved into it deeply and deeply and couldn't fathom the reason, the logic, why in fact God gave us this law. But this is something which is important for us to understand. And that is that while we can and should understand so much, our intelligence is vast, way beyond what we think. You know, we talk about IQ this and IQ that. It's rubbish when we think about the potential 
intelligence expansion of the individual, each and every one of us. But equally important is for us to understand that not everything can be understood. Certainly not the ways of God. Certainly not some of the challenges that are thrown our way. Even in physical, scientific dimensions, there are certain things that we simply don't understand. Perhaps one day we will. Perhaps one day we won't. But this is the humility with which a human being has to exist. On the one hand, the knowledge that he can achieve must be achieved. Exercise, study, read, go way beyond what you think are your abilities. You have a lot more strength intelligently than you think you do. But at the same time, when you hit a wall, don't think that, wow, something is wrong. Some things simply cannot be understood. And this is what this particular mitzvah teaches us, among other things, that sometimes and often we have to rely on faith. First of all, because we don't reach our potential of intelligence overnight, and this is our power of logic and reason, often fail us. But we have faith in God, and sometimes things simply cannot be understood until the coming of Mashiach, and it's only faith that is able to carry us through challenges and difficult moments. It's important for us to understand that this incredible blend of reason and faith, of intelligence, knowledge, and trust in God, these make for a whole and complete relationship between ourselves and God. And this is the parsha of Chukat, the first of the two parshiyot that we're going to be studying this week, that we've studied this week and studying tomorrow. The second is Bullock, which has this incredibly strange story. Bullock is petrified that the Jewish people who are marching triumphantly to the promised land will invade his own and take it away. They are petrified that the Jewish people who won battles against the most powerful nations in the world at the time will overwhelm the armies of Moab. So Balak, the king of Moab, quickly makes an allegiance, an alliance with Midian and says, together perhaps we can protect ourselves against these invading Jews. The Jews have no attention of invading Moab and Midian at this time. They had no intention of taking possession of his land. But Bullock had this pathological hatred toward the Jewish people, a hatred that has to be understood because it wasn't only a concern for the country that he led, for the country that was under his authority. It was a hatred that was so deep and so powerful that it went beyond every single border of reason. In order to understand that, we'll talk about that in a little while. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. You know, what happened with Bullock is he took a look at the Jewish people marching through the world, almost through this wilderness, coming to the land of Israel, and he thought they were going to take possession of his land, when in actual fact the Jewish people were told that they could not take possession of Moab. But because of another battle that took place with somebody called Sichon, who was the king of the Amorites, who took possession of a place called Cheshbon, which was initially part of Moab, and the Jewish people took it when Sichon went out in battle against the Jewish people. But it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper because Bullock, the king of Moab, had a prophetic vision. 
And that prophetic vision was that many years later, his great-great-great-granddaughter would be Ruth, the great famous Ruth, whose great-grandson was none other than David, David, king of Israel. And the offspring, of course, of David is none other than Mashiach himself, the Messiah. Bullock was absolutely furious that one of his own would not only become a convert to the Jewish people, but ultimately be the great-grandmother of none other than David, King David, the one who truly took possession of the land of Israel and whose ultimate offspring is Mashiach. He thought to himself, how is it possible that something which he hates with such passion should actually come from him, a descendant of Bullock himself. So what does he do? He knows that you cannot go into battle against these people. They are protected by God. They stood up to the Amalekites. They stood up up to the Amorites. They stood up to the most powerful armies of the time and were victorious. Simple physical battle was not going to protect them against the Jewish people. But... There was a very famous or perhaps infamous person by the name of Bilam, a sorcerer, a dream interpreter, a wizard, who was able to curse people. He had that power. In actual fact, our sages tell us something very strange. The Torah says, That never again was there a prophet as great as Moshe, Moses. Moses was the greatest prophet of all time. So the sages say, yes, among the Jews, he was the greatest prophet of all time. But among the nations of the world, there was an individual who had an equal power of prophecy of spiritual strength, and that was Bilam. Strange. Bilam represents all that's negative. Bilam represents the dark powers. Bilam represents the ability to curse, to destroy. He was famous for that. He was a visionary. He was able to see in the future and say all sorts of things. Bullock said, Bilam is his only hope, only hope to defend himself against the Jewish people and not allow them to take possession of his land. And ultimately, if he destroys the Jewish people, then of course, Ruth could never become a convert. David will never be born, and Mashiach would not be born as well. So he goes and makes an overture to Bilam. And Bilam, of course, says, I cannot do anything other than what God allows me to do. Bilam is no fool. He's an evil man. He's a vicious man. In many ways, a violent man. Spiritually violent. But at the same time, he knows that all his power comes from God. It's not something which he has simply because he has it. And therefore, he's accountable to God. And he knows that God would not allow him to curse the Jewish people because he understands fully the particular, the unique, the special relationship with God and the Jewish people at that time. So he sends a message back to Bullock. It's not something that I can do. And he says, even if you give me a house full of money, I can't go with you. But by saying that, he actually indicates what he wants. You see, even though He was endowed with this incredible, powerful, spiritual energy, unfortunately, that he used for negative things. Ultimately, he was a selfish human being. He said, money is what I really want, suggesting indirectly that that's what's going to happen. And then the story develops. 
It reads like a comical farce. He can't curse the Jewish people. What comes out of his mouth are the most brilliant and beautiful blessings. He talks about the Jewish people in the most lofty terms. People that have no negativity. He refers to them as the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the mountains of the world. He refers to them as people who have no stay, no blemish. People who cannot be cursed because they they are under the protection of God. Some of the most incredible sentences, descriptions of the Jewish people comes out of his foul mouth. Matovu Ohalecha Yaakov, how beautiful, how good are your tents, Israel. Something that we say each and every single day in our prayer. It boggles the mind. He wanted to curse the Jewish people, but of course God wouldn't allow him to do that. So he blesses the Jewish people. But he blesses them in such language that from the extreme blessing we can understand what in fact he wanted to say, extreme curse, vile and venomous. Bullock goes crazy. He says, what are you doing? I hired you to curse this people, not to bless them. I hired you to destroy this people. And look what you're saying. You're talking about them in the most glorious terms. In actual fact, the Bilam says, I wish I could have an ending as these people. They are great beyond description. They are powerful. No matter what happens, God will ultimately protect them. Bullock starts screaming, don't curse them and don't bless them. But he says, let's try again. Let's try from another point of view. Bilam sees that this won't work. This people are blessed by God. And he continues with his transformed curses, which are now blessings. And what does he talk about? He talks about the great vision of Mashiach, of King David, of Mashiach being one of the descendants. And strangely enough, this is the only place in the Torah that we know about Mashiach coming out, as I said before, of his foul, vile mouth. It boggles the mind. If God wanted us to know about Mashiach, why didn't God tell us this directly? If God wanted to speak about the glory of the Jewish people, why doesn't he ask Moshe to do it? If God wants beautiful prayers to be developed, written, something that we say each and every single day, why does he use Bilam, Bilam of all people, a person whose personal life was completely immoral? Why does he use them to tell us these things? And why go through this whole charade in order to tell us of how God loves his people, protected, and until the end of time, they will remain a powerful people to be redeemed by none other than Mashiach himself at the right moment. And while our commentaries talk about this in great length, it's important for us to understand what is this all about? What is this, what, what, what is the story all about? The Jewish people are way down there. They're staying, standing on top of a mountain somewhere on a huge cliff. The Jewish people aren't even aware of this particular drama that's playing itself out. In actual fact, some of the commentaries say this is a proof the Torah could only be written by prophecy, the word of God, because there's no way Moshe and the Jewish people knew what was going on on top of a mountain. This incredible drama with Bullock and Bilam trying to destroy the Jewish people. And the answer is, 
first of all, all sorts of things happen in this world that we have no knowledge of, that we aren't aware of. We don't even know that it's taking place. But huge things happen on a negative side to try and bring destruction to the world and how God protects his people, his world, from those who try to destroy him. Just because we don't know about it, just because it's not brought to us in the daily news, doesn't mean it's not happening. Because if we take a look at Jewish history, it's a miracle beyond a miracle. So many plots that we are aware of. So many vicious attacks that we are aware of. So many acts of incredible anti-Semitism that we are aware of. How many more that we're not aware of? How many more play themselves out behind the scenes and God and only God protects us against all these negative things? And the other thing, of course, is transformation. What is the ultimate blessing? The ultimate blessing is taking the ultimate curse and bringing it to its extreme opposite, transforming it from one end to the other, to take something which is absolutely destructive and negative and terrible and turn it into something which is a blessing, which is good, which is great, which is something that we cherish. Mashiach is something which cannot be revealed openly. It's hidden away. And it's only Bilam in his indirect language that can talk to us about these things. The greatest gifts that God put into this world are those gifts that take tremendous effort, tremendous effort to reveal and to find. Bashem Tov once said that this world is so full of physical treasures. Unbelievable. But it takes extraordinary effort to reveal them. While we look at this physical world and we see a physical world and we see the blessings and treasures that exist the trees that blossom with beautiful fruit, the fields that nurture us with incredible grain. We see a world of growth, a world of beauty, a world of blessing. But hidden beneath the earth is so much more. And this is something that we have to understand. It's not only the obvious that we should be appreciative. We have to recognize there are a great many hidden things that we have to look for, that we have to wait for, and it's sometimes only negative things which bring them out. This is the great story of Bilam. One can talk about it for hours and hours to go through each and every single sentence. He looks at the morality of the Jewish people. He looks at the ethics of the Jewish people. He looks at the ancestors of the Jewish people. He looks at the destiny of the Jewish people. He looks at every single aspect and talks about it in the most glorious terms. Because we have to hear this. Even though at the time we didn't know what was happening. Torah reveals this incredible blessing and secret to us. Torah reveals that which might otherwise never have been known. Torah tells us that here are two people. One is a pathological anti-Semite who wants to destroy the Jewish people. So that his great-great-granddaughter Ruth would never be born or convert to the Jewish people. To destroy the possibility of David. To destroy the possibility of Mashiach. Bilam, a powerful man, who would love to curse the Jewish people, actually blesses them. All these things come together in an incredible story. A story that we have to take to heart. But more of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska. Only on 101.9 High FM. 
important for us to understand that we don't see, and even if we see, we don't understand everything. There are secrets, there are hidden things, there are situations that are way beyond our capacity to know, to understand, and to deal with. But God who keeps an everlasting watchful eye over his creation, God whose every action is one of benevolence, even though sometimes as it comes down to the physical world, we need time and patience to see it transformed from challenges to opportunities and good things. This is what the story of Bilaam is all about. A man who had incredible powers. Spiritual strength equaling that of none other than Moshe, Moses himself, is brought to his knees because God says, this is not what I want. Bilaam is not finished with the Jewish people. He turns to Bullock and he says, I have advice for you. There's only one way to destroy the Jewish people. And that's by allowing them to destroy themselves. Let them assimilate with your people. Tempt them with all sorts of material, physical pleasures. And let them turn against God. And in so doing, God himself will punish the people. Bilam is devious, sinister enough to understand that nothing physical or spiritual head-on can destroy the Jewish people except for the Jewish people themselves when they lower the defenses. And this is why this Shabbos is an important day as well. It's 12th of Tammuz when we commemorate the liberation from a communist Russian prison of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson of sainted memory in 1927. Russia was taken over, the Soviet Union was taken over by those who felt that they were going to create a socialist paradise. What they created was a dark, dark hell. And the first thing they did was to try and destroy all centers of religion, Jewishly, shuls, schools, mikvaot, etc., etc. They saw religion as the, well something which was contrary to their godless society. And who was leading the great fight in Russia? The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. With tremendous self-sacrifice, he stood up against the powerful authorities, and he said, according to the constitution of the Soviet Union, religious freedom is enshrined. Parents are allowed to teach their children about their religion. But he was hounded and hounded, finally thrown into prison, arrested, and he was condemned to death, God forbid which was changed to three years' exile in a distant town. And within days, that was changed as well, to be absolutely freed from prison, on condition that he left Russia soon thereafter. Through the tremendous efforts and pressures of important people around the world, particularly in America, political people, powerful people, they intervened on behalf of the Rebbe, and he finally came to America. And what he saw in America broke his heart. America was going through a tremendous decline in Yiddishkeit. And one of the first statements the previous Rebbe said was, America is nishtandish, it's not different. Don't think that mitzvahs and Torah study is something for the shtetl in faraway Eastern Europe. God's commandments, God's laws, God's Torah are very real, even here in this benevolent country. And this is something that we have to learn to understand. We are individuals who can change the social conditions of the world, of our society, of our community. We don't have to accept them. If they are godless, we introduce God. If they don't talk about 
his commandments, we introduce commandments. No part of the world is absent from God's law, from God's commandments. And this was the great story of the previous Rebbe who came to America in 1940, having been in Poland for many years and finally arriving in 1940. And through his heroic efforts, through his incredible self-sacrifice, brought about a tremendous and powerful change for positive Yiddishkeit, even in the then, in the then Jewishly declining atmosphere of America. And today Judaism flourishes as a result of his success for, successor, our Rebbe. This is the story that we have to remember. God protects us. God watches over us. We are the greatest miracle, the survival of the Jewish people. But we lose when we forget who we are. We lose when we don't defend ourselves with the spiritual armor that God gave us. He said, here is Torah. Here is mitzvot. Do them. This is what will bring life and purpose to the world. While, of course, throughout history, we have suffered terribly. Suffered terribly. And it's only in the fullness of time that we begin to understand what, in fact, is all about. Whatever we go through has an incredible, powerful blessing contained therein. This is something which really tests our faith, but also expresses our faith. What we're experiencing now in the world is so strange. Who would have believed in the 21st century a plague would come around and take the lives of so many? And while we have the best biologists and chemists working for a vaccine throughout the world in the best laboratories of the world, rushing furiously to find the vaccine, we are bewildered. Where did this come from? How is this possible in this modern age? And while we don't understand it, we don't know. And there are many who fell. We also have to remember that ultimately, not only will we see this go away, but we will see the blessing contained therein. We all pray and hope for Mashiach, because at that moment, all mystery will be revealed. All secrets will be opened. Our eyes will, in fact, begin to see the truth, the beauty, the blessing, the revealed goodness of how God runs his world. It's a double parsha, Chukah, which talks to us about the red heifer, Bullock, which talks to us about the attempted curse, which was transformed into the ultimate blessing. Read both parshiot over the Shabbos. Listen carefully to the words. Make them your own. Find a personal lesson in it, the Shabbos.